With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to another Wednesday night on Behind the Steel Curtain Radio. If it's Wednesday night, you know it's Know Your Enemy with me, Jeffrey Benedict. As always with me, Mr. Shannon White. Shannon, how you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Just ready to talk some Steeler football and and uh, with our you know upcoming Saints when the Saints come marching in, baby. And with us to talk about the New Orleans Saints, Terrence Copper, how's it going, man? How y'all doing, man? Oh, doing great. Doing great. Uh, Well, we're having a good night. We're having fun. We came off a bye week, so the Steelers didn't lose. We're all all, all a little happy right now. Uh, Not having the best of seasons, but we talk about two teams here that have had a lot of success with two superstar Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks now having a year where both of them are struggling to win games. Uh, what's it been like in New Orleans with, with this sudden drop-off in uh, wins? You know what? We've been struggling in a lot of different areas uh, when it comes to turnovers. Turnovers have been a corporate. Uh, not tackling well in the secondary not getting pressure on the quarterback some games, well, a lot of games. And early in the season, we was getting out physical out up front, you know. So we was doing, we're doing all the things that we need to do to lose. Uh, <laughs> but we have, a, we have a great roster. We have yeah. a great roster. We got some good ball players on that team. I feel like we got a good coaching staff as well, but we're still doing the little things that's allowing us to lose games. I was noticing uh, with the game Monday night uh, against the Ravens, I've been impressed with the Saints defense. Uh, and, you know, they shut out the Raiders 24 to nothing, and they just mm-hmm. shut down Devontae uh, Adams, which is not easy to do. And so I was expecting that game to be a real physical, low-scoring game against the Ravens. And they they held, you know, they held their own in that first half. And in the second half, the Ravens kind of imposed their will. And mm-hmm. that's a, like the first time I've seen anybody wear down the Saints defense in the second half, but it was because the offense didn't, they struggled to sustain anything. And I think the defense just kind of wore down. Oh. But yeah, I see that the Saints are going to start Andy Dalton again. Um, how do you, how is Andy Dalton being received this year? I mean, as people, 
you know, happy that he's the starting quarterback or are they wanting to see Winston or uh, what's the feelings around New Orleans? It's mixed. It's mixed reviews. Uh, it's mixed reviews. Andy Dalton honestly is running. Well, this, what besides this game just passed, uh, well, we didn't get a lot of third downs at all. That's part of the reason why we got wore down uh, mm -hmm. from the Ravens because we couldn't sustain drives. We couldn't stay on the field. We was getting off uh, on third downs. They was getting us off the field. So it was putting a lot more pressure on the defense. But it's a lot of mixed reviews with Andy Dalton. Uh, of course, you have some people that want uh, Winston to play, to get in and play. But also, but I feel right now Andy Dalton is, is running the show pretty well. I'm not saying he's the perfect quarterback. He's not the perfect quarterback, but he has command of the offense. Uh, it's just we got to be consistent. We're not a consistent team right now, and that's all the way around the board. Do you expect Jarvis Landry to play in this game? I kept looking up things and saw that last week he wasn't coming back for the Monday night game. Uh, has that changed at all for this game, or is the short week keeping him out? I don't know yet. I don't know yet, but I, no, I, I'm really, I'm really leaning. I'm leaning towards that he may end up playing, um, but I just don't know right yet. I don't well, know. He loves playing the Steelers. He loves playing us. <laughs> I was talking to GB before uh, the show. Um, I can't say his name. Lave. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He is like the best young route runner in the mm -hmm. NFL. I mean, of all the rookies, and there's a lot of good rookie receivers this year. His his balance, his footwork, his uh, you know keep acceleration in and out of his breaks. He looks like a three year veteran. I mean, I I couldn't believe the amount of separation he was getting against the Ravens, you know Peters and Humphreys, and you know they're excellent cover guy, corners. Um, has he exceeded your expectations thus far? Yes, he did. He definitely exceeded my expectations because honestly, when we drafted him. I felt like we should have drafted Williams, the kid from Alabama. Mm. But I felt like Chris Olave still was a big, a, a great pickup. Mm. One thing about what he does, his route running, you hit it right on the head. His route running is amazing for a rookie, not just for a rookie, but just for a receiver anyway. I've never seen a rookie come in uh, and not even forget about the separation that he's getting. I'm looking at the other details in his routes when it's cover two and you got an outbreaking route but you sit it down in the hole. Uh -huh. Certain things like that, the stuff that he's doing is like you said, it's like a bet of a veteran, but he's a rookie. And once, and usually when you're a veteran, you start understanding the game the way he's understanding it. Usually you're not in your prime that much longer uh -huh. because yeah. you got the experience. So now you, you play more mental games and you're understanding the game more, but you're still in your prime, but not as much, not as long. Once you really start grasping the game like that. He's grasping the game like that, and he's just a rookie. So it's his ceiling right now, you don't know where his ceiling is at and how good he really could be uh, because of how well he's picking up the game mentally. And you add that in with his his tools and his attributes, how fast he is, how quick he is. You know, you just don't know how far he can go. Now we talk a little with the receiver room, man. I, I've got to bring in Michael Thomas, who looked – like he was ready to bounce back and and really have a, another big season uh, before his injuries, and then you have Jarvis Landry missing since week four, and, and like it just feels like if you had Olave, if you have Michael Thomas, you have Jarvis Landry, this offense was really set to be something where you just you just can't cover these guys. You know, Olave sitting with those two would have been crazy, and now it's it's just Chris Olave. And you can you can you you're gonna give up yards to him, but as long as you keep him from really killing you with big plays, you're gonna you're gonna shut this offense down most of the time. Uh, how how much different you think this season is if Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave have all played had all played like every game so far? I think it'd be very different. Not even with just those three guys playing, but you add Winston back in the mix. Remember, Winston yeah. is our starting our starting quarterback. You know, he's not he wasn't the second string. He was our starter. Yeah. And he got injured as well. So usually when your number one quarterback goes down, offensively you're going to struggle, usually, mm -hmm. if you can't run the ball. Because early in the season, we couldn't run it. You know, yeah. we couldn't. So then you put, a lot, you put more pressure on Andy Dalton to make plays, which he did. He didn't do a bad job. I mean, he had his turnovers. But, you know, just all around, 
you know, if we had those three receivers in at the same time, and also that you got to add Winston in with them. Uh, at the beginning of the season, we was looking at deep in the playoffs or getting to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to say win the Super Bowl, but getting to the Super Bowl. We, that's what we was feeling like deep in the playoffs. We was excited about this year coming up. But now we're getting plagued with injuries. Uh, it's not starting out the way we want it to go because of our record. I think we're number, I don't think we're number three in our division. Uh, it's right now, it's, it's tough times right now. We're not used to this. We're not used to this type of Saints team. Uh, we're not used to losing like this. But like I say, I mean, it is what it is at this point. We just got to try to figure it out and turn it around. One of the, <clears throat> one of our favorite teams to root for. And when the, the still, you know, as long as they ain't playing the Steelers, just always liked the Saints and was a, you know, a big Drew Brees fan. I mean, just for what he meant to the NFL, to the Saints and to the community. And, you know, you hate to see your, the guys you've loved to watch get older and have to, you know, ride off into the sunset, like, you know, Drew and Ben, but this year in the draft, I thought that the Saints might pull the trigger on a quarterback. Uh, because I wasn't sure how much faith they had in Winston. And of course they went, you know, another direction, but you have Kamara, you know, who he was so dominant and, you know, so unstoppable with breeze, but now teams are really keying on him because, you know, that's their number one weapon. And then you, like y'all was talking about getting Thomas. I thought, well, get Thomas back. That's going to help because he's such a physical receiver. That you know, regardless of the quarterback, he can he can really dominate dominate. But now, I don't know if Thomas is ever going to play for the Saints again. To me, it's like it's always some injury, and it's almost like you know it's predestined that he's going to want out of New Orleans. And then you wonder, you know, what's going to happen with Kamara? Um, do, was you surprised that the Saints didn't look at a quarterback, or did you agree with that decision in the not taking one in the first? Well, you know, if you remember, we was actually trying to go after a quarterback. Uh, I want to say I forgot the name of the quarterback we was trying to get out, go after him, but he didn't. We didn't actually get him, mm. and so uh, I feel like Winston was our guy. Winston was our guy. I don't think that I don't think you had to go into the draft this year uh, to grab a quarterback. I didn't think you had to because I felt like Winston was the guy to kind of step in and take over Drew Brees' shoes. Because if you think about this, before Winston got hurt last year, before he got hurt last year, he was on mm -hmm. his way to Pro Bowl yep. season. He yep. had 14 mm -hmm. touchdowns and only three picks. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you look at it as an organization, you're going to say, you know what? This guy probably would have had a Pro Bowl year. Let's see what he can do. Uh, and then you still got a veteran backup with Andy Dalton, just in case something did happen, which it did. Uh, so mm – -hmm. I was fine without them going for a quarterback in the draft. I was fine because I felt like we had, you know, we had a stable quarterback with the, with Winston and with Andy Dalton backing him up. I felt like that was secure. You had a good a good starter and you had a guy coming in to back him up if we had to do that. So I was fine with not going with a quarterback in the draft. I think I think that's interesting. Uh, and this is a good this is a good topic to talk to you about with the Saints is because the Saints had. Really great quarterback play from Drew Brees, who took a few seasons to really get going, to really learn the NFL game, and then he took off. Obviously, left LA because left the Chargers because they gave they were like they were giving up on him, mm -hmm. and then he comes to New Orleans and just dominates. Mm -hmm. Now you've got a guy we're talking about, Jamison Winston, who mm -hmm. came in early, had some struggles, took some time. And now is looking like a guy where, where teams are really still saying like, hey, is this a guy who's going to you put it together a little bit later than, you know, maybe you would have liked or teams thought he would. Uh, is this a thing in the NFL now where, where maybe teams need to give rookies a little bit more time than they are? Because a lot of teams are throwing them in wanting, like even the Steelers, man, we're throwing Kenny Pickett in here and it's clear he's throwing these interceptions. There's reads he's just not making. There's NFL stuff he's just not ready for. And, and I keep thinking, man, like play take uh fans are saying we need to play him to see if he's the guy. But it's like, well, what if he's not the guy now? But you give him a few years, let him adjust to the NFL, let him get up here, matched with NFL speed, and he becomes the guy. And then you've let him go and he's somewhere else pulling a Drew Brees. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I just wonder how much of this NFL, especially how defenses are today, the offenses, they're complex enough. Is, is this a situation where the NFL kind of needs to give rookies more time, especially a quarterback? I think it all depends on the situation. Um, and when I say the situation, you look at it like this. If a, if a rookie comes in and you start playing him right now, and you kind of talked about it, if, if he comes in and he's not ready, and he comes in and you start playing him, you could kill his confidence. Mm-hmm. Especially if he's throwing a lot of picks. He's just just he's just not ready yet to play. Yeah. So you could really kill his confidence. But then you got some organizations like, okay, let's throw him in the fire so he can get adjusted to it, so he can make these mistakes and he can learn from the mistakes. You know, so I, I'm I'm okay with both of them because I understand both sides of them where he can learn from the mistakes and get better on the fly as he goes, especially when you don't have anybody else behind him that's going to help him, that's going to back him up. So yeah. sometimes I'm okay with that, but it all it all depends on the mentality of the quarterback. If he's mentally tough and can handle uh, tough games and have handle tough a tough crowd, uh, handle tough media when you're playing bad, I say put him in the fire, see what he can do. But if he's not mentally strong and can handle that, you got to be real careful with those type guys because you could really kill their confidence instead of actually helping them out. That was a beautiful comment because I agree totally. Yeah. It depends on the uh, the personality of the player. Mm-hmm. It depends on their maturity level. Their you know, can they handle you know some bad press? Can they handle some bad results? Um, but there is no outline, perfect outline, or or. Uh, you know, set in stone way to handle these quarterbacks. You, you know, I think the the five year rookie deal for first round quarterbacks kind of has accelerated. You know how fast you want to get them in there now because mm-hmm. you want to try to build that team around that guy while he's on that rookie contract. But you see how Geno Smith is finally found his comfort zone with Seattle. You know, me mm-hmm. being a West Virginia Mountaineer fan, I've always pulled for Geno. And I'm really happy to see him finally find a home where he's comfortable. And he is looking incredible. I think 73%, you know, completion rate. I mean, percentage, mm-hmm. I mean, that's incredible at the NFL level. And he's playing so well. So, you know, even, you know, Winston might, like you said, get healthy, you know, get those weapons around him. You know, he's missing Thomas, missing Landry and them guys. Um, and, and he could really flourish like he started to last year. But one of the things I wanted to ask is moving over to the defense, uh, big Demario Davis fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've just, I've always really liked him. Um, and watching the Saints defense, I've tried, I kind of get the feeling I don't watch him like you do all the time, but mm-hmm. is he kind of the leader of that defense? Is it Cam Jordan? Who, you know, who is the Saints leader this year and who do they look to? Well, it's three of them. It's Davis, it's Jordan, and it's the Honey Badger. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got three of those guys that are, that can play ball, that are veterans, that been in the game, that been in the uh, league for a little while, and they know the game of football. And defensively, those three guys are the leaders on that defense. So, uh, like you're saying, yeah, those three guys, they're, they're the guys. So what is what is the weakness of the Saints defense? What is it when we're dealing with a Steelers team that is struggling to move the ball, get first down, score any kind of points? We have zero games where this offense has scored more than two <laughs> touchdowns uh so far this season. Like where is this where is the point on this defense the Steelers can attack? Uh, look, I'm gonna tell you something. We got it, we're great with the run game. We're great when it comes to stopping the run. Uh and, of course, when we played the Ravens, that was a little different, you know. That's a different run game. That's a, that's a different animal. Yeah. But where we struggled at a lot consistently throughout the year is a lot of explosion plays. We give a ton of explosion plays up in the secondary, and we don't tackle well in the secondary uh, consistently. Now, of course, there's other little things that may pop up. I'm just talking about the most consistent factor of why we're getting beat a lot defensively is because we've given up too many explosion plays and we don't tackle well in the secondary. Okay. Why do you think that is? I mean, as far as, because I remember the Saints defense, even last year, they were very strong in the secondary. And 
they prevented big plays and they tackled well. What changed? Well, we're beat up right now in the secondary. Mm. Uh, we got guys that's out. Lattimore hadn't played all year. Well, I ain't gonna say all year, but he 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 got injured. He's been injured the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh then we get we get rid of one of our corners. We sent him over to uh Philly. We mm-hmm. sent him over to Philly, you know, and he'd leading the league in interceptions, if I ain't mistaken. You know, so uh and then you had May, he was injured. Our safety May, he was injured for a little while, you know. So a lot of different factors played with it, played into that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's injured. The next person has to step up and get the job done. And that's one thing that we were struggling with. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking across the names and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of really good names in that secondary. We roster. We got a great roster. We do. Yeah, they're just, they're just not on the field. Right. Uh, is there Are there any players you are expecting to get back on this defense this week that, that you think will make a difference? Or anyone out? Any 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 real like recent, more recent update? Steelers should fans should be looking out for. I, you know what? Honestly, I feel like the guys that are there now are our guys. We got a rookie corner. Uh, he's doing well. Uh, that stepped mm-hmm. in, but I think our guys are that that Raider game. That Raider game. I think our defense turned it around. I think we turned it around as a team. That Raider game defensively. But when you go up against a Ravens team, it kind of sets you back. It makes you mm-hmm. feel like you're set back because of the type of style of offense they run. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was watching that, that Ravens game, and I was like, man, how in the world do you stop this run? Because if you notice it, they overload into one side, mm-hmm. let them to the left side, and that whole left side is blocking down. They're down blocking, and they pulling their guard and the tackle from the backside. Going the opposite way, getting great angle blocks on these guys, and then mm-hmm. you have you have good running backs that they have, but then you throw Lamar in, into the mix. Uh-huh. Like it's almost impossible to stop that off that run offense unless you really got some guys out there that are very fundamentally sound, technique sound, understanding reading your keys. Everything got to be right to stop that type of run game. So I, I still have high hopes for the Saints. Uh, I think we're on the right track defensively. I just feel like when you play the Ravens, that is just that's totally different. It's just different. Like, I can tell you the Steelers' approach has been consistently they just tell TJ Watt, go hit Lamar Jackson no matter what happens. <laughs> go straight at Lamar. And we've had I mean, we had games we beat them where I think it was a Gus Edwards ran for like 160 yards on us. And mm-hmm. we still won where they're doing running plays, and he's running right where TJ should have been defending. And TJ's just running up and pushing Lamar Jackson to the ground. <laughs> Lamar's I'm going like, come on, guys. Like, he's hitting me every play no matter what. Well, we I, we would love it. We'd watch it. We'd be like, yes, because as soon as they stop the run for, like, one play, mm-hmm. the drive's over. Because Lamar was just – Lamar was out of his mind. He was so angry. He was good. It, it's, it's the – it's one of the. It's it's kind of a bit of a dirty defense, but that's that's how the steel. I I love that's my favorite. One of my favorite things about that rivalry right now is how the Steelers play Lamar Jackson is just tell T.J. Watt hit him every single play, and uh, just just hope he gets his head out of the game. And, and look, really what they do. By the by the way, that is the to me. I feel like that is the best rivalry in football. And I know the Cowboys and the Redskins. That's like a long going rivalry. Oh yeah. But the best rivalry is the Steelers and the Ravens, hands down by far. It's physical at those rivalries. Yeah, we oh it's not that's like the old days. You you turn on that like 2008 playoff game. That thing was insane. They were just, I mean, you can't I was, even play football I was, I was like that anymore. That year. I was in I was in Baltimore that year. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You got you have you have you probably have some very different memories of that game than we do. Look, we got beat three times by the by Pittsburgh that year. Mm-hmm. Twice in the regular season and once in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, that would have been your Super Bowl. That would have been yep. you guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Whoever won that, like we go into going that we we're talking. We're like that. Whoever wins this game is it's over. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the only way they don't win is if they come out so beat up they simply just can't. You just can't feel the team. Right. Oh man. <laughs> Okay, now, see, now I don't even I don't even remember what we're talking about. I'm getting all fired up remembering that game. Shannon, you got a question? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I was listening. I was wanting to start talking about Steelers and Ravens. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, and pick Terrence's Ooh. brain there a little bit. But um, <laughs> now the another thing the we was talking before the show is the Saints drafted Penny. Um, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Penny, yeah. Uh, the offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and now has he played any this year? Or has he been injured all year? On our, I can't remember. He's been beat up. Uh, he's been beat up. Was he? Yeah, he. Has he played at all? I was looking to see if he see if he played at all. I don't think he's played much at all. I haven't seen a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, this is the question I was going to ask. It just popped in my head because I was talking about T.J. Watt. Uh, if T.J. Watt is returning this week, mm-hmm. right? I, I told you before the show the Steelers have only the Chiefs have a better record from 2017. Uh, then the Steelers when TJ Watt is healthy and playing more than plays more than 50% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. And when he plays less than 50% of the snaps, the Steelers are like two, 12, and one, which means there's like a 55% win percentage drop off when TJ Watt is out. Mm-hmm. He is if he comes back and it's looking like he's coming back, uh, who do the Saints have? Is that gonna be the right tackle? Is that I think that's Ramchek? Yes, sir. Is that Ryan Ramchak is 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 that a matchup you are comfortable with, or or do you think he, do you think TJ Watt could be a factor that really swings this game? Look, I'm not comfortable with any matchup with TJ Watt. You know, regardless, regardless of how good our, our old lineman is, you know, we still got to give help. And when I say yeah. help, I'm talking about you still got to have your running back over there chipping. Uh, you may have a tight end chip before he go out for a pass. You know, you got to keep him uncomfortable. Uh, and that's the biggest thing. You know, T.J. Watt is a great player, and I think it will be a tall task to ask your tackle to block him one-on-one all night without giving him help. Yeah. And I'm not got to help him every single play, but certain plays when you know we got to hold him to the ball a little longer and we got to take a shot, that's when you got to give him some help. Now, quick game stuff, he can block him, block him quick game stuff, but when it comes to throwing the ball down the field and we need some time – uh, you got to help. You got to chip with the running back coming out, or you got to put a tight end over there to help out as well. You know, so teacher just a good player, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go one on one with him the entire game at all. Well, the Ravens Justin Houston had like a one of the all time great Monday night performances, and the game was like I think he had three sacks and an interception and a uh, few tackles for losses. I I don't remember who was uh, Houston going up against. I don't remember because because I want to say he was on he, he was switching sides if I'm not mistaken. He, I think he did some, yeah. Yeah, you know. I don't it, know if he got any of them against Ramjack, but one funny thing about Ramjack is him and TJ grew up together. Wow! And they were drafted two positions apart in the first round. Wow! What went two picks after Ramjack did, and so they're childhood friends. And they, if that's who the that they're matched up, that'll be interesting. It will be interesting, it, but now, now, guess what? You give me more, uh, <laughs> you give me more confidence that we can get him blocked since he may know his game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so more confidence. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that'll be a fantastic matchup if they get that. That'll be that'll be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shannon earlier mentioned Demario Davis. I wanted to swing back to him because he is having. A really good season. He's got, mm-hmm. I think he's got like seven sacks right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had he's having what Steeler fans uh, will know what I'm talking about here. But he's having kind of a Vince Williams season. He is he is making a lot of plays in the opposing backfields. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is this a different usage they're doing? Are they blitzing him a lot? Are they is is this just the scheme just working this year in his favor? Is this a development in his game? What's causing this sudden explosion of sacks where? He has more sacks through half the season than he's had in his career, like in any season. Well, I know last year he had a great season last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year he was that run stopper. He was that guy last year. You know, so this year, coming to this year, after coming off the season he came off last year, I wouldn't expect anything differently for him to continue to grow as a player. I also think that uh, – I think it's a little bit of both. I think he's grown as a player. I think he's gotten better as a player. But I also feel like we may be triggering him a little more, uh, blitzing him as well, because 
early in the season, we couldn't get to the quarterback with our front four. We couldn't, we didn't have, I want to say it was a while before we got our first sack, you know, so we. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I think we froze, ain't we? Yeah, I think we lost him. Hopefully that will work itself out. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, if he comes back, we'll be right back with him. Uh, but while he's out there, uh, Shannon, what what do you think the Steelers' biggest uh, need to key to winning this game would be? Well, do you want to take the break now? <laughs> this this is great. This is great. This is great television right here. Uh yeah, let's let's do a little thing. We'll we'll cut it later. Yeah. Um <laughs> All right, with that's our guest, Terrence Copper. It was great talking with him. Uh we'll take a little break and when we get back, Shannon and I will talk about the uh the game from the Steelers side. So we'll we'll be right back right after this commercial break. Oh my gosh. He's back. Hey, hey. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Here he is. Terrence Copper's back. back with us. Hey, you just froze, man. You just froze. Look, I, I, I got knocked offline. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> we're saying, we're saying, you're like, what, what is going on? <laughs> All right. We got, we got most of your conversation about Demario Davis there. I think, I think we're good there. Um, I think we're ready to jump to this. Are, do you have a prediction for this game? Yes, sir. All right. I think it'll be a good game. I think um, I think both teams are desperate for a win. Mm-hmm. I think, especially with uh, Watt coming back, I think their defense is going to be fired up and ready to go. I think it's, I think he gives them confidence uh, when he's on the field. So I'm taking – I'm going 24-21 Saints. Yeah, you're picking the Saints to win. I, and I, there's a question I really wanted to ask you. I'm going to ask you, even though I'm interrupting our normal schedule for how we get you out of here. Mm-hmm. But uh, how much impact uh, do you think the fact that the Saints played Monday and the Steelers have had a whole week off? How much of an impact will that? Do you think that'll have on the game? I think, I think they have a big impact on the game. Now, when I say impact on the game, it could be. You know, the Saints are tired. You know, we ain't had a bye week. You know, it's a, a a short week. You know, we could come out flat. We could come out tired, which I don't think we are. Uh, and then on the other side with the Steelers, the fact they had a bye week, I think preparation-wise, they're going to be good preparation-wise. So you got an extra week to, uh, to watch these guys. But you can also come out flat because you haven't played in a week. Mm-hmm. You know, so it could go both ways. But I, either way, I think it will affect the game. I just yeah. don't know how it's going to affect the game. All right, man, before we're going to get uh, get you out of here, but before we do that, we do have a super chat. Wes Hickok gives us $2 and says, welcome to BTSC, Terrence. Glad to have you. Uh, we, we're, 
we second that. It's been great to have you on here talking the Saints. Uh, talking a little, little bit, a little bit of that 2008 Ravens team. <laughs> uh, and uh, that was that was great as well, man. Any any chance to talk about those teams, man? Wow. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, let you go, uh, you want to tell everyone where they can see more of your stuff here, more of your things. Let let people yep. know where you're. They can find you. So you can find me on Twitter at T Copper on Twitter T Copper Ten. Uh, you can also find we, I have Believe in Saints podcast, and you can you can find that podcast on all your uh, social media outlets. Uh, it's called Believe in Saints, B L E A V in Saints. Um, and also, you can listen to ninety four point three during college football. I also do the uh, the pre and the post game show for East Carolina University football team. So that, that's on ninety four point three if you're in the area. All right, thank thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, even with a little technical difficulties, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a great time having you. Uh, so we'll let you go now, but thank you so much for being on the show, Terrence. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Uh, Appreciate absolutely. It. All right. All right. Okay. Shannon. Now, now that now that we're actually alone. The joys of live television. Oh, isn't it great? <laughs> um, yeah, if the if the if TJ Watt is back and he's not you know like uh last year at green bay where like aaron mm. Rodgers outran him to the sideline it was, <laughs> it was sad to see that was that's a moment you know you're like that's that's uh, tj's not 100 percent. aaron Rodgers just ran away from him and didn't get sacked uh if tj watt is actually healthy he's ready to go he's playing uh and he's playing well do the Saints even really have a chance in this game, or, or do you think this is this is like the Steelers? Watt returns and the Steelers just roll a team. I can't imagine the Steelers rolling anybody. <laughs> I can't imagine them blowing out anybody with our offense right now. That's just that's being brutally honest. Uh, I think TJ they'll they'll have to. I know he'll want to play the whole game. If he's on the field, he you know he's that kind of competitor. But you've got to manage his snaps. You got to protect him from himself, and try to. I would think maybe half the snaps on the high end because he's going to have to work himself back into shape. But uh, so that could be a great assist to the defense, especially with Kazee and the three safety sets that we've talked about. Uh, don't look like William Jackson the third is going to get to play yet, which I was hoping he would be able to maybe match up with the Lave some. Yeah. It's a man and, and help, you know, limit that. Cause I think if you can do stop Kamara and, you know, put Jackson or, or somebody good in man coverage on a lot of it, I think that, you know, with, we all hope that with TJ's return, the pass rush returns with him, even if it's just the threat of TJ, it should help open up the pass rush for the other guys. But my main concern is, as I've said in my recent articles is I'm afraid that they've had the buy but I keep hearing it's execution, you mm-hmm. know, from Canada, and I hear it from Tomlin. And if they don't change anything, nothing's going to change. And I'm afraid that they're going to come out and we're going to see more of the same. And the Saints do have a stout defense. You know, we, we heard Terrence say that they give up some splash plays. You know, Steelers don't do splash plays. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. right now, it, Kenny Pickett's development He's accuracy, he's anticipation, but he misses some deep reads. But, you know, and I think a lot of that comes from a lack of trust in the offensive line. You know, when you drop back here and you're getting hit within two seconds by two different defenders, like happened multiple times against the Eagles, that will kind of affect your ability to progress and go through your progressions and everything. So um, I just don't see the Steelers blowing anybody out. I think if Watt can play uh, and play, you know, even half the game, I think it could be a really low-scoring game. Uh, and hopefully the stores, you know, again, I'm just looking for small incremental improvements, mm-hmm. you know, like sustained drives, converting some third downs. Start with things you can control that are realistic and then worry about points and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, that'll come. But right now they got they got to really – uh, I have to see it to believe it because what I'm hearing from Matt Canada is not giving me a lot of hope. Yeah, it does. It doesn't hurt that the the player for the last couple of seasons who has been the main source 
of big chunk plays and, and big explosive plays is, is now a Chicago Bear. Mm. Uh, Claypool has not been a consistently good receiver, but he was the guy mm-hmm. who, was, who would make those big plays with a lot of runs after catch. Uh, if, if someone was going to break it, it was Claypool. And, and I mean, but he wasn't getting it done this season, but that's kind of the only guy they had that had done any of that. Uh, yeah, I let's talk about the offense a bit. Uh, I've talked a lot about this, and I've noticed this in, la- in years past. The Steelers get their rookies much more involved after the bye week, and they seem to fit in better. You, you see how Juju Smith-Schuster become a much bigger part of the offense after his bye week. Uh, we've seen that with Claypool. We saw it with Deontay Johnson. We, we've seen it across the board with a lot of players. And we've got some significant competitors on this team who are rookies. Whether they're in a small role or a big role, they've been producing. George Pickens is number two, uh, number one on with among any player on the Steelers who has like, I think, 10 targets or more in yards per target. Uh, if you take all of them, number one is Connor Hayward with like 11 yards per target because he's kind of everything he's catching. He, he gets some yards afterwards. You've got Jalen Warren, who's running for over five yards a carry. You know, you, there are players here, and, and not to ignore the obvious one, Kenny Pickett, rookie Kenny Pickett, uh, them having a week to kind of get him more centered in this offense. Do you think we could see this offense improve from a standpoint of these rookies having the offense more geared to them, being having you know a week to really reset this offense? Because there's been a lot of changes from what they worked on in the preseason till now, right? There's this is a there's a significant number of changes on personnel. Uh, do you do you think we could see this offense improve? Not maybe not maybe not substantially, but maybe get three touchdowns in a game maybe at some point here uh do you think we could see that just from these rookies growing i think it'll happen um at some point uh i think that with all these young guys have talent they i mean it's obvious uh and so there's going to be progress made i believe and improvement um i've said this week i would hope the Canada would get with these young guys, especially Pickett, and and really sit down and say, okay, what do you feel comfortable with? What do you like? What do you don't like? See, you know, he probably hasn't done that with Pickett. He probably has no clue what Pickett likes or don't like because of the way the quarterback competition fell. And, and you know, I hope that that will happen, uh, that Pickens now will be more of a focal point that Fryermuth will have more of the middle of the field and he'll have, you know, take some, sometimes addition by subtraction, maybe pick it with less options. You know, cause everybody kept saying, Oh, we all thought, man, look at the, how deep the skill position is for the Steelers. Well, sometimes you can feel like you have, you can be overwhelmed by too many options. So simplified. And mm-hmm. hopefully now, you know, that he'll look for you. You look at the chiefs. A lot of times it was he'll, and it was Kelsey and, you know, whichever running back they were using. And that's who they used to dominate and mixed in the other guys. The Steelers need to develop a, um, I don't know what the, the word would be, but a pecking order mm-hmm. about, you know, that he's got, he's comfortable with Fryermuth and he's comfortable with Pickens and, you know, then maybe whoever that third player is. And then they can kind of rely on them guys you know, have a go-to guy. Maybe it's Friar me because, you know, he has that potential. Um, and I think one of the small things that I've said in a recent article is if you play Warren, and everybody says, well, if Warren's starting, he won't be as effective, you know, as the way they're using him. A lot of times they are using him out of a shotgun snap on the draws, and, you know, he's hitting some stuff when they're behind, and he's getting some of his longer runs when, you know, the, obviously the defense is focusing on the pass. But if just his explosiveness, his decisiveness, his acceleration, it all looks so different regardless of what part of the game it is than what Harris has been able to offer right now. When you're struggling to maintain blocks as an offensive line, especially run blocking where the Steelers are atrocious, when you're struggling, having a decisive runner who hits that hole in the first three, four yards there, he takes three or four yards. 
last year, if you remember, when the Steelers finally got a little offensive rhythm going, was when Harris was taking those four-yard gains Mm -hmm. and setting up some third and two, third and threes. And then, you know, Ben would hit something short because there was nothing, you know, over the middle or deep. And they was able to have some offense, a lot more than they've had this year. And that's something that I think, you know, you're not putting too much on Pickett. If if Ward can be effective and get, you know, 15, 20 rushes and average three to four yards a carry uh, and set himself up for some good third downs, I think that will take a lot of that pressure off Pickett to throw the ball 40-plus times a game. And they can start focusing on ball control and, you know, time of possession. And the positive things they're going to need while the defense tries to help keep them in ball games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree a lot with that. One thing I want to, I want to add to this. And I found this shocking. I like looking at stats. I like looking at numbers uh, with Kenny Pickett throwing the ball. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, when you combine their targets and their yards and you take Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and combine their targets and yards, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris produced more yards per target than Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool with Kenny Pickett throwing the ball. And that's incredible. That is like Le'Veon Bell would be like tops and targets and stuff, but he averaged like five to six yards per target. Antonio Brown was up over nine, right? Deontay Johnson was at 4.4 yards per target from Kenny Pickett. That's that's where he is right now. That's terrible. Chase Claypool was higher than that. But when your one, number one and number two receiver mm. aren't producing as much as receivers, efficiency-wise, as your running backs who aren't – I mean, they're getting dump-offs. They're not getting good passes. They're not going downfield and running good routes. Like, when that's not connecting – when you take a player like Claypool off the field and you say, you know what, maybe we're only going two wide receivers and we're going to go, uh, we're going to have Zach Gentry out there as a, as, as the inline tight end and we're going to put Pat Fryermuth in the slot. Or maybe we'll move Pat Fryermuth around. At least you create some mismatch problems where the opposing team is sitting there saying, do we go nickel? Mm-hmm. Do we go with a 4-3 look and then put a linebacker outside on maybe, like you could put Pat Fryermuth out at, out at the wide corner uh, put Deontay Johnson in the slot, and all of a sudden he's lined up against a linebacker. And that's a mismatch you can hit all day. You can hit that all day. He's going to burn that guy for five, six yards every play. Like, there's some things I think the Steelers can do that they weren't doing because their best talent was, in their minds, was Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens. And when you look at those snap counts, it shows they were constantly putting the same formation out there. George Pickens, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth. That's that's just who you're going to have out there every time. I, I think this is going to open it up, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of drop-off uh, in production from the loss of Chase Claypool. And I think we could actually see more efficient play because, again, going with Kenny Pickett's numbers, uh, three of the top four players – this is the whole season, actually – Three of the top four players for yards per attempt are Connor Hayward, Zach Gentry, and Pat Fryermuth. The fourth is George Pickens. All four of those players look to have greater opportunity in this offense with Matt, with uh, Chase Claypool gone. And I, I think there is I don't I don't want to say I think this offense is going to go off and suddenly be good. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a real hope for this offense being better than it has been, better enough that some of those losses where they kept it, the defense kept them in the game, but the offense just couldn't do anything. Now maybe with TJ Watt, you get a splash play or two, and the offense has just enough juice to win those games. You know, one X factor that we have to look at is Steven Sims. Sims has the quickness and the toughness to work that slot position. And last year they used Ray Ray McLeod a lot there. And he converted a lot of third downs. 
mm-hmm. on just little, you know, find that little zone area, you know, and, you know, complete that third down and, and keep the drive moving. If the Steelers will run some slants, I know they don't want to, they don't, nobody likes to run slants. I think Sims will do it. You know, Fryermuth can do it. If they'll do that, work that middle. Uh, if they will let, I mean, I watch teams every week, Lau Harris, I mean, allow the running back to, you know, if he ain't picking up a block or chipping, floating into the middle of the field and just a little dump off and they get five or six yards. Steelers never do that. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben didn't even, you know, he hit Harris a lot in the flat last year, but he didn't hit him over the middle. It's there. It's open because, you know, you can run your crossers and clear that out and then get a favorable matchup because Harris can't catch the ball. So can Warren. There, you know, it sucks to struggle like they're struggling and not utilize everything at their disposal. That's one of the things I said this week is that they're not even using what they do have. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about what they don't have. Well, you know, you really don't know because they can't even use what they do have. So I'm hoping that, again, additions by subtraction, Sims can get in there. He said today in, a, in an interview, hey, I'm quicker than fast. But mm-hmm. he's hard to handle in a short, small area. He's got a little bit of that AB-like quality right there. So I'm hoping that that will open up some, the middle of the field and help extend some drives. And, and you know, if you start getting some first downs and build some momentum, it'll give Pickett confidence. It'll give the whole offense confidence. I agree there. I, I you You were saying the Steelers don't use what they have well. I, I I really want to do something with that because the two worst players on this offense for yards per it's not yards per touch because I'm I'm taking targets and carries combined are Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. The two guys <laughs> who lead this team in being the focus point of an offensive play, either targeted with a pass or handed the ball in a run, are Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. And they are the two least efficient at gaining yards. They don't use what they have well. I, I, with all this talk, uh, there's a great comment here. I'm going to bring it up by Wes Hickok. You're getting on here. You're getting a second comment on with that for that two dollars. So congratulations, sir. But he says in the chat, Jeffrey, you guys sit here and break down what they should be doing, which many of us agree with. Why can't the Steelers coaches figure it out? Well. My answer to that would be it's a lot easier to sit here and say what the Steelers need to do than to actually pull it off. Pulling it off is significant. It's it's easy to sit here and say the Steelers should run the ball better. It's easy to say the Steelers should involve Pat Fryermuth more. But when you actually get into football and coaching it, that's not an easy thing to actually pull off. In the same way that other teams can sit there and say, yeah, okay, double team TJY. Right? Like he said, you can't leave one guy blocking TJ Watt. Yet look at the look at the numbers for people and how often they double team and how often they are double team. And TJ Watt is nowhere near the top of that list. And he continues to absolutely destroy team all last season when he's defensive player of the year season. Teams couldn't find a way to double team him. The Steelers knew how to just stop teams from double teaming him. It becomes a lot harder in practice than it is just understanding we have to do this in order to win this game. And then they just can't do it. It happens all across the NFL. I think the Steelers right now, the coaches, there's a lot of blame to go on the coaches. Uh, but it, but it's one thing to sit here and say, Hey, they need to get these people involved. They need to find ways to do this. It's another thing to do it when the other team also can look at you and say, Hey, we know what they need to do. <laughs> Let's stop think, them from doing that. I think part of coaching is accountability. Uh, Absolutely. We're hearing all these younger players who are new to the Steelers talk about poor practice habits, talk about, you know, holding people accountable, mm-hmm. uh, the, the focus at practice, the tempo. There's just so much that keeps being brought up about practice. And, you know, I know Alan Iverson wouldn't like this conversation, but I don't care about draft pedigree. I don't care about salary. If you practice hard and you're intense and you bring it at practice, you need to see the field. 
And if there's mm-hmm. a guy that's, I almost said something I shouldn't, but he's halfway doing it at practice, <laughs> then he should not be playing or, or his time, his snap count should be affected. Because if a guy is just going through the motion and he's playing for next year's contract, and then you have somebody that's trying to start his career and he's showing that intensity, if not, you know, what is the coaches doing? And by this point in the season, the coaches should be having these guys develop. They should be learning. They should be showing improvements in practice. I ain't talking about the starters. I'm talking about the the depth pieces. Because one play in them depth pieces could be forced into the lineup. This week, Miles Jackson might not play. He's got an injury. Well, now guess what? You know, you got Bush. You got Splane. You're going to probably have to activate and play Mark Robinson. You know, that ain't the optimal way of doing it. But yeah. you could have had him activated, playing special teams, and work him in four, five, six snaps a game like the Steelers do at outside linebacker with Jameer Jones and Ryan Anderson. But, mm-hmm. no, they're stubborn, and they say, well, he might miss an assignment, you know, or blow a pass coverage. Well, that's happening already. But yep. the guys cannot truly learn the speed of the NFL game. Even preseason doesn't compare to a regular season NFL game. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And I just think that a rebuilding team in the situation the Steelers are in, yes, you try to win, but get these guys out there before they have to be out there because then they're not ready. And it's easier to work them in a little bit when you have a full roster and everything. Now, of course, you know, with Watt being down right from the beginning, that kind yeah. of put the Steelers on defense behind the eight ball. So I'm not putting all the blame on the coaches. But if your depth is not progressing and learning, that does fall on the coaches. If they're not focused in practice and putting forth a good effort, that again falls on the coaches. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I believe that that it's a twofold problem. They lack talent. They let the foundation of the offensive defensive line crumble by focusing too much on skill positions for the last five drafts, at least five. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, that falls on Colbert as well. Uh, and they allowed that to crumble by trying to do a quick fix and do the flashy skill position guys. And yeah. and now it's going to take a while to rebuild those foundations. I agree there. And, and uh, to, not to, to harp on a point that I harp on a lot too much here, uh, but talking about practice habits, talking about the foundations, one of the things this team still seems to be lacking is leadership and, and leadership comes from coaches but it also especially when you talk practice that's players we we used to hear how much they talked about uh antonio brown's work ethic in practice Mm -hmm. how hard he played in practice and he dragged other players with him if you weren't practicing hard like antonio you were going to be because he was going to pull you to that marquise Mm -hmm. pouncey great leader hard player in practice heinz ward was the same way known for that uh, those guys, when they're there, make an impact. I always go back to to the, the great Steelers teams when they were in the playoffs, when they're winning. You look at those playoff records, you look at the team records. When they had both James Ferry on defense and Heinz Ward on offense, the team won. And part of it was those guys were great leaders. That's just – and that kind of leadership works, especially when you're talking about practice, you're talking about development, you're talking about doing the things you need to do to fix the problems. But you know that T.J. Watt is a hard worker. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that guy's – he's a freak. He's a fanatic. Yeah. Uh, Cam I, Hayward – T.J. Watt is getting in people's faces when they're slopping off, though. Like, I, I, don't think, off. I don't think Antonio Brown did either. I think he shed an example, and I think it, you they embarrassed guys. He, the point. guys were embarrassed if they didn't work hard. Yeah. But that, that goes back to the integrity and the character of the individual players. Mm-hmm. But I do Absolutely. think that there's a lack in the coaching department that, you know, to, you know, you could come in and say, hey, you know, you're new to the team. This is Antonio Brown. You know, we all know who he is. Mm-hmm. Look at this guy's work ethic. You emulate him mm-hmm. and we're going to be watching. Sometimes that's all you got to say. And every time you saw Richard Neal on television, he was saying it. Yeah. Every interview he got, he yeah. was saying, look at Antonio Brown work. That's how you be good. 
That's this receiver's coming in. We're going to put him to work. He's going to see Antonio Brown work. He's going to do that work, and we're going to we're going to fix the issues they have. Steelers just got rid of Chase Claypool. One of the things they talked about was him being a bit of a distraction. And you're talking about the guy who has openly talked about the Steelers having man. Maybe we should have some music at practice. You know, maybe that would liven up practice a bit and get guys a little more moving yeah. around and motivated. And it's like. Mm, Maybe, maybe you don't understand <laughs> what you're talking about here, buddy. Maybe that worked. Maybe you're not motivated the same as other people, but you're definitely not leading the 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 receivers in. Hey, guys, let's get out here and, and work harder. You know, you're definitely mm-hmm. not that guy. Uh, so we'll see. I think the Steelers are aware of it. I'm not sure they. I'm not sure the plan to fix that problem is in place. Let me say that. I think they know it's a problem. I think they want to fix it. I'm not sure they have the right plan in place. At least they haven't for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And that may require some coaching changes. That may require hey, maybe the new GM and the new personnel people, maybe they'll figure it out. Who knows? All right. We're running, we're running over, running close to almost an hour here. We've been on. Uh, Shannon, Let's get our predictions for this game, and I want to hear yours. Go ahead. Well, we don't know for sure Watt's coming back, but we believe he is. Yeah. And we believe Kazee's going to be in there. The bad thing is it looks like that Boswell may be going on IR with him signing right from Kansas City's practice squad. And he's been their most reliable <laughs> offensive weapon, so that's concerning. He is but their it, offensive. Yeah, it's just, the, it's just the par for the course this season. Oh, but, it is. Um, I'm going to believe that there's still going to be struggles on offense, but I think we're going to see more Warren, and I think that's going to help. Uh, I think we'll see Pickens make a, a couple of big plays because I think they're going to scheme him mm-hmm. where they've had this extra time in the bye week. They're going to scheme him open some and firm you. Uh, and I think Pickens going to look better. Uh, and But with Watts return, I'm going to say 20 to 17 Steelers. I just want everyone listening to this show to know that Shannon White has faith in Matt Canada to scheme George Pickens open. Just want to throw that out there. Just want to throw that out there, Shannon. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, my selection, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the defensive touchdown. I think TJ Watt comes back. I think, he was close to coming back in Philly. And I think if I think in 2021, that was the game he would have came back and played poorly. And he's had an extra two weeks off, really, from that. So I think we're going to see TJ Watt back. I think we're going to see a defensive touchdown. I'm going to go 24 to 20. Steelers win. And TJ Watt's return, just to, to show everyone that TJ Watt, <laughs> it, it's, the Steelers should just be the Pittsburgh TJ Watts. They should just change the name right now because it's, <laughs> it's our only hope for winning. Like, legitimately, since 2017, people, it is a 55% difference in win percentage. I couldn't find a quarterback that important. Tom Brady? No. Ben Roethlisberger? Not even close. Drew Brees? Drew Brees was actually the team was better when he missed. It was weird. They won more games when he missed than when he was active, even though their quarterback play when he was inactive was terrible. It's just how the games lined up. But like even Peyton Manning, all those guys, doesn't matter. When they missed, the team was not that much worse like we see with with T.J. Watt. It's crazy. It sounds Uh, like you want him to be to sign J.J., in the offseason and become the Pittsburgh Watts yeah. playing in Acrisure Stadium. Yeah. That's what the you Watts. want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I also want to say Heinz Field had a lot of great memories. Acrisure Stadium is cursed. Chase back. Chase back. They're two and six at Acrisure Stadium. This place is cursed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, those are our predictions. Shannon, what do you have coming up? Uh, the rest of this week that you know of? Uh, just working on a mid-season rookie review article, and I'm going to throw in a mid-season grade uh, on each guy. And uh, so, you know, 
it, it might be interesting. We'll see how it turns out. But that's all I got right at the moment. I've got our uh, Dave Schofield and our, our our plans to get the Vertex out earlier this week failed. Uh, so that's coming. Look forward to that. And it is actually on William Jackson the third. Uh, and I've got a lot of hope for this guy coming in. He, he look at the Vertex. You'll see what I mean. I think he could really be a benefit to this defense. Not not like a Minka Fitzpatrick level addition. I'm talking like a Steven Nelson. Like, if you remember what Steven Nelson helped this defense do, I think William Jackson III can be that kind of addition. And more than that, I think the biggest thing is once he's in there, he drops, you know, we we always say we have three, like, number two cornerbacks. Well, he drops one of those guys to number three. And that's, You should that's have read my Glimmers of Hope defensive article. That's it. exactly what I said about yeah. Jackson. Yeah. I talked it's... about Steven Nelson. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I did read it. I'm referencing it too. Uh, But I have that. And then I also have, I have to get my second half of the grades. I do the snap counts and grades articles during the the season and after each week. And I'm doing those for the the whole half a season, jumping in there, joined by position this time. Uh, So you're going to see the controversial takes like the Steelers have an average offensive line. I put that out there. That was very controversial. Uh, (laughs) But we'll see. We'll see. You can look and see what I have in store for the defense. You can find that out this week. All right. Every everyone, thank you for being here. Thank you so much to Terrence Copper for coming on. He was a great mm-hmm. guest. Had a great time talking to him. Uh former Raven. So, you know, he only played for them that one season, but it was a it was a big game. Uh <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank you, Shannon, again for being here. Uh, as always. Everybody, have a great week, and let's go Steelers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.